broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia, on Rock Radio UK, the Blues Channel, you are now live from the Midnight Circus. This is Lahamadu, and I've got a great show for you today. Today, our featured artist is Sweet Undertow. They got a brand new release out. We'll be listening to tracks from that. And of course, we'll be talking with the guys at the top of the hour. You're not going to want to miss that interview. Now, this is the voice of Indie Blues. This is the show that brings you nothing but currently touring artists who are out there creating new, original music rooted in the blues. We embrace the diversity of music that always has and still is being created from those roots. Now, if you get a chance, stop by our website at makingascene.org. We got some great articles, CD reviews, artist interviews, and the results of the Independent Blues Awards are out. So check out who won. In the meantime, I've got some great new music I know you're going to love. And of course, I aim to misbehave.
was in the right place, but I was flying blind. I'd never met the likes of you, you. Uh, my heart was in the right place, but look at me now. Even my friends call me a fool.
My heart was in the right place, but I was flying blind. I'd never met the likes of you, you. Uh, my heart was in the right place, but look at me now. Even my friends call me a fool, fool. That mirror with that uniform crisp And he 
forgot his meds, there goes his stuff up a lip. He gonna say what he wants, it doesn't matter. Oh, it doesn't matter. Got out his guns, his ammunitions entwined, his rags, his rag in his hand. Oh man, that barrel could blind. Well, hit Corvin, your casket out from clown like gold. He got a big bag, y'all bought a shovel for when the heads begin to roll. And it don't want no one fucking with him. Oh, fucking with him. Well, he saw the shit from the sugar before the bullets start to hail. Gonna take away he wants anybody, oh anybody. And gonna make you think, yeah, there ain't nothing like a dead pig. in a smoke-filled nightclub on the edge of town. It's a pleasant environment, but uh, but in the 21st century, uh, you know, you don't even have to leave the couch. Just turn on the TV, in commercials, or as theme songs, you will see and hear the blues are everywhere. I'm Elwood. Thank you. 
to know what's best for you She fears him and he fears her too This state is red and hers is blue Drop it down whatever step of tea Stand in line, we're all in the race Open wide and turn on the tubes Follow what they put in the spoon It's been this way so long Have I got it all wrong? Another day, another problem Can't blame human nature for I guess there just aren't enough rocks.
just you wait and see You realize the way you treated me Poverty. Peace of mind in a 
trouble time breeds a world of contemplation I can resist most anything but the road to true temptation This the curse of the golden handcuffs Only the truth will set you free And the truth within those golden shackles Swear the ones that hold the key
when there was a time in this country, a long time ago, when reading wasn't just for fags, and neither was writing. People wrote books and movies, movies that had stories, so you cared whose ass it was and why it was farting, and I believe that time can come again.
Rock the shade Gonna scream my name Make you shout now, honey Gonna make you whether you're an independent artist or a fan that loves them, makingascene.org is the place for you. For the music fan, we bring you in-depth interviews and CD reviews from artists who are on the cutting edge of original music. For the independent artist, we bring you articles on music business, recording techniques, gear reviews, and interviews with industry professionals that give you real-world information to help you negotiate the new realities in the music industry and give you the tools you need to move your career to the next level. We bring you new content every day. Makingascene.org is the number one resource for the independent artists and the fans that love them. Head on over and become part of the Indie Revolution. Now, here's an indie blues double shot from our featured artist today, Sweet Undertow. And stay tuned for that interview. It comes up right after these songs. You got a kiss that tastes like a pistol. And my fingers braid around your shoulder and blade. Stand your leather coat close to your belt. Oh, so hot, you're just my chum.
from their brand new release and we got eddie on the line right now hey eddie how you doing hey hey i'm I'm good i'm good yeah how are you i'm doing well now this is the first time you've been on our show and we always like to get things rolling by giving our fans this opportunity to get to know who you are as an artist and the best way to do that is through your journey so give us the story of sweet yeah yeah so, um, I've been sort of traveling all over the world for a long time and, uh, not really living anywhere in particular. And I kind of landed in San Francisco and, um, yeah, I've been playing in bands, but I hadn't really been writing. Um, and when I arrived here, I didn't know anybody and I didn't have like a, sort of a fixed place to live exactly. So I was kind of bouncing around and at night I would want some place to like practice and play and sort of, you know, explore a little bit. And so I'd find these little dark corners of the city 
where there was nobody around and just sort of, you know, play into the night a little bit. And that's where a lot of these songs started pouring out. And ultimately those turned into the record that's coming out, um, Skeletal Machine. Okay. Now, you know, every artist has that moment in their life where they could have chosen several directions. They could have been an accountant, but they chose musician, music as, as a um, career path. What was that turning point moment for you, that crossroad moment, where you knew music was the career that you wanted? Yeah, no, that's a really good question. Um, yeah, I've been playing and sort of you know, exploring a lot of different things. And I was living in Singapore and I was, um, and I was doing different stuff. I was studying for some, some classes at the school there. And at night I met this dude who, um, he, he had this partnership with this barbecue joint and I would go up there and hang out with him and, you know, play some old Hank Williams tunes and that kind of thing. And it just kind of, I couldn't stop. It was like, um, I don't think people choose to get addicted to drugs. It just sort of happens, right? Yeah. And so I think that's um, the same kind of story. Like, there's not a lot of um, if you're looking at it in terms of like, you know, does it make the most sense to be an accountant? The answer is like, yeah. If everyone is kind of a robot. Um, it makes the most sense to do things that like require the least amount of effort that pay the most dough. But, um, but the world isn't like that and people aren't like that. And so I, I just couldn't stop. I couldn't stop. All right. Well, let's talk about the new release you're, you're putting out. Now, when you were putting this together, what was your goal for this? What were you looking to achieve? My goal for this was to sort of excise these songs from my head that we've been playing out and just sort of be rid of them. Okay. Like, a, like a, I think a pregnant woman can enjoy being pregnant and can, you know, find a lot of meaning in it, but ultimately she wants the baby to be born, usually. And it's the same kind of thing. It's like I felt so full with these songs that um, I just needed to get them out and like be purged of them and uh, that was sort of a lot of where this record came from okay now um, let's talk about you as a songwriter um, yeah. when you sit down and you begin that process of writing a song what is your mechanism that allows you to kind of tap into that muse mm. Mm. it helps if it's really late at night uh, and it's quiet and the whole world is quiet um, and usually like uh, I mean I'm always kind of scribbling a little bit here and there like so I'll be walking down the street and some passing thought will come into mind and I'll like take a note on my phone or something um 
But, you know, it'll get to be late at night and I'll sit down and usually I'll have like either my notebook in front of me and like really thinking about an idea um, or a feeling. Uh, or uh, I like to write on an unplugged electric guitar. Um, and you, I'll just be sitting there for like a long time kind of playing around with an idea or just sort of letting the music flow out and then something will like catch me, you know? And then it'll build off of that. That's to, that's to get started. Right? Okay. Now, you know, I always look at lyric and melody as two different functions of the brain. Lyrics uh-huh. being kind of very structured in that you need to have a story, there's continuity, there's meter, there's rhyme. Mm. And melody is different. It's it's a different function of the brain. And, you know, some songwriters like to work off of just a groove, allow that melody to free form, while others take a lyric and the cadence kind of dictates where that melody should go. What's kind of your go-to when you start looking for melodies? Mm. Yeah, that's a good question. I uh, It's the part that I kind of think least about and just feel the most. Okay. Right? So, um, when I'm, you know, working on lyrics, you know, there's a lot of stuff that flows out, a lot of stuff I'm just sort of painting around and then, um, you know, scraping away at. Uh, And then with regards to sort of like the broader structure of a tune, like, uh, and the, you know, basic progressions of it, um, you know, that has some more intentionality to it. Whereas, like, the um, the melody, particularly the vocal melody, um, almost always I just feel it. Okay. And it comes out. And that's it. <laughs> okay. Now, you know, every songwriter has that moment where they have to put that pen down and they have to declare the song done. Or at least <clears throat> done enough that they can give it to the band, they can give it to the producer... You know, and take it to the studio and, and begin that next phase of its life in the production end of things. What do you do to determine when that when a song is ready to go to that next phase? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's a great question. It's a, it's a mix of um, reason and feeling. And um, what I what I, what I find kind of fun to do is to like. Every once in a while, I'll go back and listen to like earlier demos of tunes and see how differently I'm playing them out now versus how I was playing them um, during you know an earlier stage of the process where I hadn't played them out yet. Um, and they're always a little bit different, like the phrasing or some small elements of it. Um, I think the, the the longer answer to the question would be. Um, have I sat with it for a long time and just played it toward the wall and see what the wall said, you know? <laughs> and then, uh, you know, play it with the band, see how it feels there. Um, try playing it out, maybe play it out solo, play it out with the band. Really, really try and understand the song and try and strip away all the little pieces of rock that are outside of it, right? Um, I mean, uh, to, to me, it's like, um, uh, one of the things that I find helpful to think about 
is not like I am sitting and writing a song, but more like there is this song and I'm trying to understand what it is. And it helps me because, and you know, um, it may sound trite, but it helps me because it helps me strip away my ego and be able to hear like somebody else saying like, Oh, what if we did this? Or like if I'm playing the song and there's a part of it that doesn't work, I don't have to feel bad about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I definitely know what you mean. Now, um, having a good song is only half the equation. You mm. need to kind of go into the studio and give it its identity. And every artist has their sound that they kind of identifies them as an artist. When you go into that environment of the studio, what is kind of your working process that allows you to kind of capture the sound you're looking for? So, when we go into the studio, there's a couple of things to um, to keep in mind. One is that, like, studio-studio time costs a lot of dough. So, we have to kind of work around that constraint. So, there's a time constraint associated with being in, like, the studio with a capital S. Um, now, in terms of what the sound I'm trying to create is, what I like to do is to keep it old school and to try and do as much of the basic tracking as possible playing live as a band. I just think it feels better. I think that, you know, there's too much artifice in music production that's come about because it's, you know, it's easier to make it like perfect. Whereas the, you know, there's this point where in perfection and sterility sort of merge in my mind. And so, like, I want it to sound real. I want it to sound like it's actually musicians playing musical instruments, which is what it is. And so, like, I try and get as much as possible of us playing together uh, in the studio. Okay. Now, um, tell me a little bit about the lineup on this. Who's playing? Yeah. Um, so the, the core four uh, is me, is my guitar player, Jim Semitackle. Um, bass player John Ekstrom and my drummer Dave Table okay. and they're good boys now um, of course once you get something recorded you have to put together a team in order to get it out there in order to get it to radio you gotta get it to press you gotta create mm. buzz and you're working with Patty DeVries from Devious Planet tell me a little bit about that relationship oh man yeah she's been She's awesome. <laughs> uh, you know, she came at it from the approach of like, um, who are you? What are you trying to accomplish? She came at it from the perspective of liking the music and getting what we're trying to do. And, um, you know, she she helped us to communicate out to the world and break through some of the noise that like, hey, this is happening. Okay. Now, um let's talk a little bit about the industry over the last 25 30 years the industry has really gone through several upheavals at the at the feet of the digital revolution uh and now the consumer has embraced streaming as a way to consume music 
Um, and they, they, I mean, not only are they consuming it differently, but they're also listening differently. It's not like, you know, in the days when I was listening, it was a very tactile experience. It was something that you involved yourself in. Today, people are creating soundtracks and playlists and, you know, basically, you know, creating a soundtrack for their yoga playlist or their, you know, their driving home playlist or whatever the case may be. But one of the offshoots of this new revolution in in how people are, are consuming music is that the consumer no longer looks at recorded music as a product. It's not something to buy anymore. It's, it's a service. They expect it on their phone. If they hear about an artist, they go immediately on Spotify. They look them up. If they don't find the artist... They just basically discount that person as not being viable and they move on. If they do mm. find the artist, they end up, you know, picking the songs they like, putting in their playlist, whatever it may be, and, you know, then moving on from that point. How has mm. this shift in perception by the art by the consumer affected you as an artist? That's a great question. I think there's a lot to unpack. Uh, so on one hand, um, one of the things that's good about it, which I think is always a good place to start, is that um, it used to be the case that there was this bottleneck between people who were playing music and then having the ability to record that music in any meaningful way. So recording music has gotten way cheaper and way more accessible than it was perhaps in the 60s, right? Um, and even up until the 90s. So um, so that's really important. And then in addition to that, um, access to the music itself has gotten a lot easier, um, which, is, which is something of a double-edged sword. But I'm happy to talk about what I think that is. But uh, it's way more accessible. You don't have to like live near a cool record store uh, to be able to like hear music that's like interesting and compelling and meaningful. Um, you can just pull it up out of your pocket, which is like in a lot of ways really incredible. Now, the flip side of that is that um, instead of having to make a sacrifice of like a trip and hard earned money um, and time spent you know to listen to one individual record now um because it costs less it is in turn devalued in some ways does that make sense yeah no it makes perfect sense um, yeah you know and, it, and it, it's not only that it costs less but it's actually you know has little to no value because you don't even have to you know subscribe to spotify to listen you know it's it's kind of free at this point um and you know it's the whole idea the the amount of revenue that independent artists get from spotify um is so small if you really look at it as a in in, in the context of a business model it's not sustainable we cannot continue to compensate independent artists at such a small uh, price point 
that they can mm-hmm. no longer afford to go into the studio and create new product. If you look at these streaming outlets, a bulk of their content that they depend on comes from independent artists. If we mm-hmm. don't change how the compensation is, you know, um, uh, distributed, then these artists no longer can t- can continue. You know, to uh, invest in recorded projects without at least getting a break-even point. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, what do you think? No, totally. To to kind of change that dynamic. Yeah, and I, I think to start out with, we're seeing a lot of the results of it, which is it turns into uh, a race to the bottom of like the most anodyne, uh, accessible with quotation marks around that music that um, that earns the most streams, gets pushed the hardest. And, like, you know, there, there are plenty of artists who are making a bunch of money off of streaming, but they're also making money off of their, you know, songs being in McDonald's commercials. Um, it's, like, the biggest names out there uh, who, who, in my opinion, their music sucks anyway, so it's, like, whatever. But... Um, in terms of different models for, um, you know, either sharing revenue from streaming or, or something else, there's a ton of ideas out there. There's a ton of different ways that you could do it. Um, it just requires, um, uh, a group of people who are able to like work hard, work together, get lucky and put the pieces in place to make it happen. Those include things like um, subsidies, you know, subsidized musicians. Right. Those include things like um, uh, regulation of streaming revenue and payouts, um, or like uh, something where um, more revenue from you know, basically just taking revenue from one area that's being way too concentrated and and making that more democratized. And the whole system is built on different ways of doing that from like, um, you know, why we have schools and roads, that kind of thing. Well, you know, it's interesting you mentioned uh, subsidies uh, for musicians because up in Canada they have the FACTA program which is a granting program that musicians can apply for to pay for, you know, going into the studio, creating a tour, doing the marketing, all of those things can be incorporated into this grant. Uh, and, you know, once you get this grant that you go, you know, you put out your product and it, it takes some of the sting out of it. But even that is extremely difficult to get. And I don't think that it's viable for the amount of, of artists that are out there. Uh, I think, you know, um, looking at the the music business as a whole and saying, okay, what can we do to change this, um, this um, business model? And one of the things that I've been watching is this whole movement towards um, a decentralized music industry where... <clears throat> you take out all of these middlemen, all of these labels, all of these aggregators. You know, I I read this article in Billboard where 
they they basically said that um, of all the billions of dollars that the music industry uh, generates, only 12% of that income actually makes it to the artist. And that includes the big ones. So there is a lot of people out there in this industry with their hands out getting a much larger piece of the pie than they should be. Uh, one of the things that is looking to combat that is this world of uh, blockchain-based streaming services um, that are basically a decentralized system where you were, it's more a connection between the fan and the artist. They're controlling the, the uh, streaming service. And the fans kind of run the network with their nodes, and the artists, you know, generate the income, which pay for the nodes, but also pays for their, you know, pays them. And they're saying, you know, that that they can pay up to eighty percent of the incoming revenue back to the artist, which is a huge uh, change in uh, in revenue stream for independent artists. Uh, what do you think of that as a potential future for the industry? Sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, they're, they're, it's out there right now. I mean, audius.co, uh, Emanate, mm -hmm. uh, they're up and running right now, and you can put your music up on there for nothing. Uh, it doesn't cost you anything to get your music on uh, Audius. Um, just sign up for their account get a you know upload your stuff and get a player for your phone and you're you're mm. rocking and rolling you know sweet i'll check it out okay now uh another thing that i noticed in the industry is this really accelerated move towards content creation and social media marketing I think the pandemic really kind of jump-started this world because when everyone stopped touring, they had to do something. And they started to um, do live streams. They started to utilize social media to not only put up their music. I mean, and they're not promoting shows anymore. You know, come to my show, come to my show over and over again. But they started to put up content that was not directly related to the music, but kind of gave their fans this inside reality show type look into their lives. And I think the fans mm -hmm. really invested themselves into that kind of content where the brand has become the new product. And social media and content is the way that, that artists are branding themselves. Uh, what yeah. are some of the things that you're doing right now that's helping you and your brand with this new product you have? Yeah. Um, no, I think uh, I think you're absolutely right. Like a lot of the way that people um, even think about um, musicians and, and songwriters and artists and all that stuff is just through the lens of their their social media. And, and we're doing it too, you know, we, we're um, posting stuff all over the joint. And it's, you know, it, it's a channel through which I can reach um, people who are engaged, people who care, uh, to come to shows, to listen to new tunes that we put out, um, to, you know, help them 
understand what we're trying to accomplish and and be a part of it too because you know um i mean i'll i'll happily like gripe about the state of a lot of stuff but um right now like yeah spotify youtube all the all the social media channels like they're a core part of how i'm able to get music in front of people who like who would benefit from it who would find meaning in it and like um yeah i think to me that like um if it were the world if i if i lived in a world where i could literally just sit and stare at the wall and play music all day like yeah it'd be one thing or just go play shows um yeah i wouldn't have to spend so much time like making posts and stuff or like dealing with all that but um but no i get it i mean i get it i understand it i mean i understand why it's important okay well, you know, I, I really appreciate you coming on the show and, and talking with us. It's been a real pleasure to have you on. And we're going to give everyone out there a double shot from your new release. Uh, you guys should uh, definitely turn it up loud. And you know what? Screw those neighbors. We're going to have some fun tonight. <laughs> Thank you so much.
child About freedom To the boys Tied to the chairs Ain't no freedom In this here Oh God and of Eden No, oh, oh Just the Jake boys Coming up the back stairs
since you've been gone The moon don't shine, the sun don't rise I learned the price of anger and strife That price is my life So lay me Whether you're an independent artist or a fan that loves them, makingascene.org is the place for you. For the music fan, we bring you in-depth interviews and CD reviews from artists who are on the cutting edge of original music. For the independent artist, we bring you articles on music business, recording techniques, gear reviews, and interviews with industry professionals that give you real-world information to help you negotiate the new realities in the music industry and give you the tools you need to move your career to the next level. We bring you new content every day. Makingascene.org is the number one resource for the independent artists and the fans that love them. Head on over and become part of the Indie Revolution. You got my heart on a roll 
Why you coming round here messing with a good thing? You're messing with my heart. You're messing with a He was hit by a truck, and you were lying out in that gutter dying, and you had time to sing one song. Huh? One song.
Robert gave us 29 songs. It was enough. Never was a number 30, not that I knew of. You gotta do it for yourself. That's what Robert would have told you.
good. There she go right there. Down in the car. Here's the blues scale. Now you sing it with me. Breathe. Now let's try it like this.
coming Lightning from the sky
poker player Call it what you want But who's the fool? Go on, pick your poison, but who's the fool? Who's the fool? Who's the fool? Stooge was cracker trickster. Go on, call our uncle, but who's the fool? This is a gift on my daughter's wedding day.
was just playing the blues, Dad.
The moment you realize, how could there possibly be this many blues?
my show for tonight i hope you enjoyed yourself i hope you heard some artists that you didn't know about and enjoyed some artists that you did and remember all of these artists that i played on this show are out there right now touring and creating new original music rooted in the blues If you want to keep the blues alive, you have to support the artists who are out there creating that new music. Because it is a living art form that is being performed every single night somewhere in the world. So, if you get a chance, stop by our website at makingascene.org. You can find out about some great new artists and the ones that we played on this show tonight, add them to your playlist. And you can discover them on our website. So, till next time, this is Lahamadu. 
Yeah. Out of here. Baby, just gone away. Doctor, things left home with my friend. I gone, lost my dog. I'm alone. Just fought somebody. I mean, found it funny. I got knocked in the head, man. By old friends, I lying here, think I'm dead. I'm nowhere, nowhere. 